0: You're listening to Morning Tide, the official morning show podcast of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey.
1: This has been a very difficult decision, and it's not a decision that we make lightly. Um, I think it's probably important, too, that I clear up that this is strictly a hockey related decision um, in some of the recent situations around the league, so I think it's important that that is clarified. I can't thank enough for Pete DeBoer, what he's done for this organization. not only the coaching job, but as a man, as a person. Uh, Heading over to his house yesterday was one of the toughest things I've done in this business. Um, So not only are they great coaches and great people, um, and they will land on their feet and do extremely well going forward. And it's not just Pete, it's uh, Steve Spott, Dave Barr, Johan Hedberg. So we, in no way can we we forget what they've done for us. Not pleased to having made this decision, and a lot of our players have talked to and I've talked to Pete. We, we wish him the best. We know he'll end up on his feet as will the rest of the staff. But we now have a, another journey to start uh, tonight. Um, and with that, I'd like to introduce our new head coach, Bob Boatman.
2: You know, I think it was uh, it was a good morning for our team. And I think we're looking forward to the challenge tonight. I know I'm looking for the challenge moving forward here. Um, you know, and I just uh, I want to thank Doug and, and the rest of the organization. And again, Pete, um, you know, very uh, it's a, it's a very proud moment. So thank you. I think not just the goaltenders I think it's everybody's got to be better and that yes I think there's some things we can uh, uh, we're gonna change in the system a little bit and I think that uh, we're gonna adjust um, you know but I think we just got to take care of that high danger area a a little more and and uh, and give Jonesy and Deller more support Um, you know it's not saying it's not on them as well we um, you know, hopefully, uh, uh, you know Nabi coming in is, is is obviously a great voice for those guys. I think he's going to challenge both those guys and and uh, you know give a, maybe a, a little different look to them. So, um, you know, I think it's a uh, um, I think it's a team thing. I don't think it's a goalie thing, and I think that's what we're going to look to uh, um, tighten up for sure.
0: All right. Normally, I say good morning, everyone, but today I say good afternoon. It's a special edition of Morning Tide, obviously because this is a relatively abnormal period in Sharks day-to-day operations. And that is because the team decided to part ways with head coach Pete DeBoer and they brought in Bob Bugner. And, you know, it's a whole change of the staff and it's in light of the fact that the team has been inconsistent Uh, up to this point of the year and I don't think there is a better term for what we've seen than inconsistent. We heard Doug Wilson talk about it in the presser earlier today which we will get into but you know for a little bit of color context I am up above the arena right now and I am I'm in the rafters where normally the media are but obviously it's hours and hours before the game tonight but I'm looking down and I'm, I'm trying to think big picture because that's what this all comes down to it's the big picture idea of what the sharks are this year versus what the sharks were supposed to be uh, versus what we all thought they would be and so now we've all been trying to come to grips with that and it's unfortunate that it has to come at the loss of pete DeBoer, because you can tell I'll, i'll put it this way doug wilson I would not call an overtly emotional individual, and I don't think that he got emotional when talking about Pete DeBoer at the presser earlier today, but I do think that you could see distinct emotion when he was expressing his regard for Pete DeBoer and when he was expressing his appreciation and the difficulty in which he came to the decision to part ways with him. And I think that's something that needs to be acknowledged because I think that as fans and as media members or however you want to classify yourself, if you're listening to this, we all think, oh, they need to fire such and such or they need to make this move or they need to do this, that or the other thing. It's a lot different to actually do that as opposed to telling someone else to do it, to actually go through with dropping that axe, to bringing the guillotine down on somebody That's a huge move to make because while there are some people people out there who have been clamoring for Pete DeBoer to be out of here for quite some time, what that entails is a whole lot of unsteadiness now for the franchise. I mean, let's just get down to the bare bones of this. Pete DeBoer has had nothing but success since he was the head coach of the San Jose Sharks. There is no dispute in that claim. Now, you might say that he fell short in a Stanley Cup final or a Western Conference final, and I'm not going to say that that's incorrect per se, but there's a reason that Pete DeBoer has had the second most wins in the playoffs since he has been the head coach of the San Jose Sharks. So we can talk regular season till the cows come home we all know that it's all about what happens in the postseason, particularly with this franchise. And when you go big picture, yes, you can obviously say that he does not have the Stanley Cup. He does not have that pelt on the wall. But he did great things for the San Jose Sharks as an organization. And that that's indisputable. And what Doug Wilson has now done is he has made a very – calculated and careful and risky move to say, you know what? The team has not been up to snuff with our expectations. What are the reasons that could be happening? What are the moves he has to make? And I think that's essentially what it comes down to. What other moves did he have to make right now? And I think this was the big move. This was the nuclear option, as it were, to go out there and get everyone's attention. He told everyone in the Sharks fan base that he was not messing around. He told everyone in the dressing room he was not messing around. He told Bob Bugner and his new staff, I am not messing around. Because that's what it comes to with the San Jose Sharks. The level of expectation is cup or bust. And right now, the Sharks have been trending more towards bust due to that inconsistency. And it's not just Pete DeBoer. Listen, blame goes everywhere and i know that maybe not in so many words but i know that doug wilson said that during his presser today and i know that we've obviously seen this in sports before you can't fire the team but you need to find a new way to get the team to respond and that's what doug wilson did here today and i'm sure that in a perfect world Pete DeBoer would still be the head coach of the San Jose Sharks today. There was a reason he chose him in the first place. There was a reason that Pete DeBoer got the Sharks to the Stanley Cup final, got them to the Western Conference final twice in his tenure. He's a damn good coach, and he was brought in for a specific reason. And right now, at this specific juncture of Sharks history, Doug Wilson had to come to grips with reality and said, this is not working anymore, we need to make a change. And this is what we now are trying to come to grips with. But I was looking at this in the vein of history. And what's the, uh, the quote on history? It's, history isn't dead, the past isn't even past. And for me, and I asked Doug Wilson about this, When I was looking at the way things were going, and when the news broke last night that Pete DeBoer had been fired, and the team hadn't made the official announcement yet, my initial reaction, I'll admit, was one of shock. I was stunned. But the more I thought about it, the more that I reacted to it, the more that I molded over, I kept on telling myself, okay, this probably was the eventual reality. And I had wondered in my own head during the month of October when the Sharks were off to a rough start if it was going to happen. And Pete DeBoer got the team to rally around themselves in the month of November, and they had 11 wins, and it was awesome. But things did not go according to plan because you lose that game to the Capitals, and then you go out on the road and you lose four straight. And so the Sharks found themselves at a position of what do we do now? And this is why I go back to the big picture of asking questions. And I asked Doug, I said, in 2015, you did not make a move. The team in 2015 was still reeling, in my opinion, from what happened in 2014 in the playoffs when they were up 3-0 and then got blown out of the playoffs in four straight losses to the LA Kings. That was part of what was going on, and... There was also just, I think there was just a hangover effect of what happened that year. And I know there was also some contract talk stuff going on with Jumbo and Marlowe, if memory serves me correct. But I wondered to myself when the news came down last night, how much did the fact that Doug did not pull the trigger in 2015 and watch the Sharks miss the playoffs a rare happening around here, how much did that color his view of what was going on with the team right now? How long could he wait to make that decision? Was he right in making that decision in 2015 or rather not making that decision to stay with Todd till the end of the year? That was what I wanted to know. And I think that the more I thought about it, and we'll get to Doug's answer in a second, but that was really what I wanted to know. I wanted to know how much the past and how much he felt he had maybe learned from what had previously occurred was weighing on him as he made this decision. And again, it's not an easy decision in the slightest. I know that we all think it's easy. You, you hire, you fire, you trade, you buy, you sell, you draft, you don't draft. It's all easy for us. We're not the ones making the decisions. That goes to higher pay grades. That goes to the people who actually make those decisions. That's actually the job of Doug Wilson. But again, I came back to that question. 2015, how much was this playing in the mind of Doug Wilson when he had to decide whether or not he was going to part ways with Pete DeBoer? Did you feel that in light of your experience in 2015, when you didn't make a move and you waited till the end of the year, did that color your decision-making now into make a move before it's too late?
1: Uh, in the coaching position? Yes. Yes, you know what, honestly, that would be correct. And um, you've got to keep your, you know, this is a group and, and in this league, and Boogie told, you know, said to you, we're only a few points out of a playoffs, but if you get back on a roll, we've showed that we can get on a roll. Um, in the West, there's a lot of teams that are up doing very well that historically haven't done, so who knows what, what it's going to take and where you're going to have to get to to make the playoffs. But we will never give up on this season. We know that if we play the right way, we feel, um, the coaching staff and, and, the, and the players feel that we can put ourselves in that position. How we perform will dictate what we do later in the year. Um, but there was just something about our team that the energy level didn't feel right. You could just feel it. And this is what i got to, you know, Pete. DeBoer put so much of his energy and and his work and his whole staff into this. At some point, it could be like dog years. Coaching five years is a long time, and we felt that we needed to make a change, not because of um, what he wasn't doing, but maybe a new voice, a new energy, a new juice to to get that joy and get us going. But there's something that needed to be addressed, and and that was why the decision was made, and um, uh, I did not make that decision a few years ago. Um, We didn't have. The people that I was looking at, viable alternatives, uh, actually were dealing with health issues at that time. We have this staff that has been blessed by Pete. Uh, He you know, knows and respects Boogie and, and the other staff members. So there's continuity there, and we feel comfortable with the staff that we've now put in place.
0: So to me, that says that Doug recognizes that he may have made a mistake in the past. Now, that team that year, again, hangover effect after the playoff failure the year before, There was a lot of factors at play, a lot of factors at play. No denying that, but he was facing a similar situation and he had experience to draw upon and he decided to go the opposite direction this time because, again, he does not want to find himself in a situation where he wished he had pulled that trigger. I'm not saying he wished he had pulled that trigger previously, but it colored his thinking. And it gave him a point of reference. And I found that just very, very intriguing. All right, so with that, I do want to get a little bit more into the presser, particularly uh, some of the commentary from Bob Bugner. And I do want to include the questions because I don't want to give it my run. I want you to hear what the reporters at this presser had to say. So the offense is down. Here's Bugner addressing that
1: uh second in goals per game last season 24th right now this season uh is that just a function of the power play not playing up the standards or are there other things that you see from your vantage point that can change offensively for the team
2: yeah i think um um you know there, there, there there's a lot of different ways you can approach things i think that uh, um we are going to have a different look offensively i think uh, um you know, we, uh, we're a team that, uh, and I remember a few years ago when I was here, we're a team that uh, um, outshot you and attacked you and put you under pressure all night, and it came off a four check. Uh, it would come off our ozone play. And, uh, um, you know, when we jumped on teams, we never let them have a breath, and, and right now there's not enough of that. And uh, we've got to get back to that attack mode. And... Uh, you know, and, and get more bodies in front of the net and more pucks to the net and those kind of things. But, yeah, there's a couple things that we're looking at, and, and we've already adjusted a few things this morning. And, um, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a little time here, but I really think that uh, the players will uh, uh, jump on board and be excited about it.
0: And a question then came based on one of the more intriguing things about this team, the penalty kill versus the lack of overall cohesive defense five-on-five. Bob, Doug talked
3: about the difference between the five-on-five five, defense and the, the penalty killing. How much of that is a matter of focus? And as a coach, how do you, how do you address that?
2: Doug touched on that. I mean, uh, um, it's uh, uh, you sit there and you say you, you can be the best best team in the league uh, with one man short, and uh, you know, and the opposite with five guys on the ice. So um, obviously, you're in a different mindset when you get out there in a penalty kill than you are in a five-on-five. Five. And there's certain things obviously that you have to do, but. I just think it's, it's, uh, um, it's coming back, and it's working as a five-man unit in your, in your defensive zone, and I think right now we're a little bit fragmented with that, and uh, um, you know, one mistake's leading to two, and obviously then that opens up the scoring, scoring areas. So we've got to play more as a five-man unit on an even strength basis.
0: This was an interesting one and really speaks to the tight-knit nature of the Sharks when he was asked on whether or not he had spoken yet with Pete DeBoer.
3: Bob, you mentioned the uh, mixed emotions you feel right now. I mean, I had a chance to talk with Pete. Would he have any conversation, share that conversation at all?
0: Yeah, I talked
2: to all those guys by phone yesterday, and I went to uh, Pete's place last night, and I sat with a couple of them in, uh, in his living room and, uh, and had a chat, and, uh, you know, they're unbelievable people, as you know, and, and guys that are, uh, um, you know, excited to probably get into the next journey of, of where they're going to go, also excited for us. I mean, they have uh, deep roots here, and... and uh, um, a lot of loyalty to the Sharks, so they want to see us do well. They want us to see us succeed. And, uh, um, you know, it was good just to be able to sit face-to-face with those guys last night. I
0: enjoyed this one on coaching philosophy.
3: Uh, Bob, can you talk a little bit about your coaching philosophy, what's different? Uh, when you went to Florida, you talked about uh, bringing more instinctual play. Is that something that you hope or to incorporate? It? Instinctual play. Yeah. Is that something you hope to incorporate here?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, I think... Teams get into patterns, and I think right now, if if you, if you had to describe our team by one word, maybe we're a little bit predictable right now, and uh, uh, and that's in all three zones of the ice. So uh, my job is to come in here and, and uh, um, you know obviously change that and uh, make sure that the guys are, are are seeing seeing something new and are getting excited about it. And I think that's going to be half the battle. Obviously, uh, is just getting out there and getting excited and get behind the change and and. Uh, um, you know, and the rest and the philosophy and the X and O's are going to come out here in the next little while. But uh, uh, today is just a day where we're going to stick together as a family and, and as a team
0: and, and go out there and, and, and try and play with a lot of pride. And a very important question regarding structure of power. Uh, Nabby's role is probably pretty defined, but in terms of on the bench, who's going to be making uh D changes who's in charge of special teams, how are you divvying up the roles with the assistants? Yeah, well,
2: we met last night as a staff, and this morning we're still going to uh, work, th- work through some things, but uh, uh, Mike Ricci and, and, and Roy are going to be on the bench with me, and uh, you know, Roy's going to uh, uh, move to the defense side, and uh, you know, help out and, and, and run some power play. Uh, Reach has obviously been a great penalty killer his whole career, and he, I think he's we're going to be able to draw on some of that expertise on the penalty kill. Um, I'll be running the forwards, and, and obviously nabby the goalies, and, and uh, but there's still some job, responsibility, things that we're going to sort out in the next few days. But uh, um, you know, for now, I think that uh, um, you know, those guys are excited, obviously, and uh, um, it's, it was a big day for them as well.
0: Danny in the back and then Curtis. So
3: Patrick, Patrick and Joe both played with, with, with Nabokov and Ricci, and what kind of dynamic does that bring to the bench and to the room? I think you could see
2: uh, even in the morning there's that rapport there. I mean, there's uh, um, a deep respect, but uh, obviously there's a lot of familiarity with those guys, and and I think that's going to help. I think that, uh, you know, Mike Ricci and Roy have seen these young guys all the way up and um, and like you said they've played with you know Mike's played with uh, um, you know Joe and, and Patty so um, you know guys that uh, you know they just bleed teal I think that this their whole life is, has been about the San Jose Sharks organization and try and get them to that level and and uh, and, and be a championship team so um, I think it's a I think it's a great chemistry we're going to have there.
0: This one I appreciated because it was with a little bit of humor but it was asked to Bob how he can prove himself to get that interim tag taken away.
2: Coach, just wondering how you are approaching this opportunity, and what do you think you have to do with this opportunity to one day have that interim tag removed from your title? It's a better question for Doug, or no? <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. No, you know what, I mean, I'm not focused on that right now. I think what we're focused on is, is getting this team to the level we need to be and You know, I believe if you do that, everything, the rest takes care of itself. So. Um, you know, I've been in this position before, Doug mentioned it, that uh, I've learned a lot in, the, in my, last, uh, my last job and, and, and I continue to learn every day. And um, I think that uh, there's, there's things that, uh, that I'm going to take from that experience and that I'm going to apply here. And I'm just excited to, to have the opportunity and, and the responsibility and, uh, and, 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 you know, take this challenge right now.
0: So yeah, I don't want to play you the entire presser here, but just some of the interesting statements we heard from Bugner and just overall watching, you know, this team transition to another um, head coach. And it was just, again, you know, I talked about this a little bit earlier watching Pete DeBoer um, as the head coach of this team. You know, he did, uh, an unbelievable job. He got the team into the Stanley Cup final. He got him to the Western Conference final twice. He had him in the playoffs every year he was at the helm. And you could hear the respect when Doug Wilson was talking about him. You could tell that it meant a lot to him, what Pete DeBoer had done. That's why he went to his house. And, you know, he talked about the difficult nature of that and how, you know, one of the things that I think should not be overlooked is that, you know, Pete DeBoer gave his blessing and that was brought up. And I don't mean that to say, and I don't think it was meant to say that he approved who would Take over, but I think that you know when Doug Wilson was talking about this, he probably was simultaneously getting a bit of input from Pete because you know Pete's nobody's fool. He's he understands the nature of the business, and I'm sure he saw the writing on the wall. But you know, watching these teams in transition, whenever it happens to any team in pro sports, it's very interesting to note the regard that's held for the previous head coach, and you can tell that there's you know nothing but the highest of regard for Pete DeBoer and you know that was expressed by Doug Wilson that was expressed by Bob Bugner um, that's been expressed by all the players and you can just feel it and you know that these guys understand that a transition has been made but they also recognize that it was something that needed to be done and they had to make an adjustment. Um, before the season got away from them and it's it's interesting again that's what I keep on coming back to it's interesting to watch this team react because of the level of expectation because of what they've been because of what they want to be because how much pressure there is because of the respect and regard there is Um, it's not like this everywhere else in pro sports and it's obviously the Bay Area, so things are a little bit different. There is more attention being paid. There is more competition. You have to be better. You have to be at a certain level a level, or else you're going to be ignored because there's so much competition for your not just your sports dollar but overall your entertainment dollar. And it's just different and yet interesting to watch the Sharks all react to this. Now, I obviously wanted to get into some player reactions, so this is what Logan Couture, the captain, who again, he's dealing with a situation he's never dealt with in his career before and has also never dealt with this as the captain before. This is what he had to say with regards to how he found out last night.
3: Yeah, um, well, I got a call uh, probably before it, uh, it was uh, public. And, you know, it's, it's never happened for me. This is, this is new and I'm um, you know, shocked and, and stunned. And, uh, Feel for uh, for those guys because the, you know first, take hockey. You, t- you put hockey aside of it. I mean, as a human being, you're upset that you're not going to be able to work with with that group anymore and see them every day. And, you know, I talked to most of them and, and just told them, you know, I had so much fun coming to the rink and playing for you guys. You know, just it, it's unfortunate we weren't able to uh, to win as a group, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for them to. Uh, give me an opportunity I got this year um, to to go to a Stanley Cup final with them, so owe a lot to those guys.
0: And Couture was also asked about the difference in coaching styles between DeBoer and Bugner, but Couture, when talking about this, was also quick to point the finger of blame at himself and his teammates. Yeah,
3: um, you know, we're going to change some things up, system-wise. uh, I think Boogie is a guy that, um, you know, Pete, Pete was the same way, guys want to play for him, guys love playing for him, he's, he's a great person. Uh, Boogie talked to all of us this morning as a group, his, his, uh, as a leadership group. And, you know, he's, he's a guy you want to play for, a guy you want to do well for. And, um, you know, it's time, it's, it's, it's on all of us in this room. When something like that happens, you know, pro sports is, is such a what have you done for me lately uh, business. And, you know, as, as a player, when uh, when a coaching member, coaching staff, loses their job, you feel part of the reason why. So a lot of us need to, uh, to pick it up individually as a team, come together and play a lot better hockey than we have. So um, you know, a lot of that's on us in this room.
0: Now we did hear from two guys that I was definitely hoping to hear from, Jumbo and Patty. And one of the interesting things that I thought was Jumbo acknowledging that he did feel the team needed a new voice.
1: Probably. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I love Pete. Pete's a fantastic coach, you know, took, took this team, you know, where it's never been before. So, um, you know, nothing but, you know, heavy respect for Pete. But, uh, you know, it might, it might have been time for a new voice. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's huge to me because Jumbo at 40 years old, he's been around for as long as anyone, except for Patrick Marlowe, of course. But he's been around forever. He's seen everything that this league has to offer. He knows and is so much of Sharks history, and he's been very respectful but also very candid about the fact that he felt that a new voice was needed, needed, that a change was something that was going to positively Impact the sharks, and I, I don't think that should be overlooked. And I don't think that's something the jumbo says lightly. Like a lot of jumbo's interactions with the media, he's very calm. There's almost this laissez-faire, you know, just kind of he's kind of laughing it up. But at the same time, he's again deferring with tons of respect to Pete DeBoer. But at the same time, he's painting a very harsh truth, and he says, "Hey, we needed a change. Something needed to be different for this team, and that." That does not go unnoticed by me, and it should not go unnoticed by you. And, again, that's not to speak ill of Pete DeBoer, but that's something that has to be noted that Jumbo, again, one of the most respected players, one of the most experienced players, one of the, just the all-time greats, he recognized it. He recognized that a change was needed. Here's Patrick Marlowe.
3: Oh, it's a little different, a little weird. Um They seem different, but uh, I think
1: don't uh, you know, uh, change like this happens. Uh, you got to try and uh, take take advantage of it, and uh, you know, obviously, things have been going right the right way for us, so it's uh, time for us to get things going in the right direction.
0: Andy talked about what the team simply needs to do to turn it around.
1: Yeah, so we got to you know bring our best. I think, uh, like I said a little bit earlier, that individually we all got to raise our games and um, I think that that
4: compete level and uh, playing for each other is, is uh, something we're going to be talking
0: about and something we're going to drink tonight. Now the interesting reaction to me was Tomas Hurdle because he's a guy who's evolving into this leadership role with the Sharks. Now Couture and Jumbo and Marlowe, these are established guys who have more of the known ability to speak on reading the room, but now as we've watched Tomash grow up with the Sharks, much of that under Pete DeBoer. We now look at him and see how he responds to things and look at him as a gauge. And he offered this when asked about how the dressing room was reacting.
4: Like was yeah, for sure, you know, it's for everybody new special team, you know. It's actually never happened to me in my life. You know, during the season, we get to change coach. And it's for sure hard because, you know, we, we play under Pete's par, you know. Barzi and Heddy you know, like four years we changed a lot of good things you know we get once then they got finals last year you know we almost get finals again and you know under Pete I grew up you know I got last year one of the, my best season and and you know he gave me the opportunity to play you know big minutes you know top six forwards and I really appreciate it and it's for sure hard because you see him last year it's like every day almost more than your family and anybody else because we just pull eight months together without seeing each other every day, so it's for sure tough and and it's kinda sad but we have no time to be sad because we got another game tonight and we a couple of changes and you know we we respect Boogie. Boogie is a great guy, you know, we we're really happy for him and we're ready to go. It's it's you know kinda new day for us and but we're ready to roll because we still not that far behind, you know, we just five points behind the playoffs so so it's still still not to be done. We have, to have a lot of time and we show already this year in all November we can be one of the best hockey team. but we have to just play like family now here, we'll be together, stick each for because it's not about coaches, it's about players. We don't show what we can keep all year long, so it's time to step up and especially for our best players, we have to be best players.
0: And like Jumbo, Hurdle also acknowledged the fact that he thinks a change was needed in terms of the team responding to a new voice.
4: Yeah, for sure. You know, for sure, some some change, you know, helps, you know, and just get it rolling. And uh, it's it's for sure. It's really kind of new for me. I never experienced before it, and and it's still it's still out of fresh. But you know, I think Boogie, Boogie is great, great coach, and he can handle the guys and. And he knows what he's doing, so uh, we believe him, all group believe him. and, and But it's now about the players step up and play the hockey, because what I say, we are a show we can play a like really good hockey team, but it has to be every night, you know, like two games and two games off, because we're kind of behind, so so we have to just step up right now because, you know, in in month can be late.
0: So, again, very interesting to hear Hurdle react in that way, because, again, I think part of him increasing his leadership role with this franchise is the fact that he's going to speak candidly and I think that we look at him as being this kind of still jovial younger guy but he's evolved into you know one of the more respected members of the team and you know there's a reason that he is able to be part of the leadership core of this team now so to hear him respond to it that way in the same way that we heard from Jumbo I thought was really, really interesting. But, uh, you know, I also, in terms of paying attention to how the guys were at Morning Skate today, you know, everybody looked like they were on the same page. I didn't see some sort of grumbling. It was not like there was, you know, off the charts joy or anything like that. It wasn't a celebration, but it wasn't a morose atmosphere. I think there was a sense of business as usual. And I think that's kind of what you need right now. You need to feel that you're put in a position to succeed and that there's not going to be too much change right off the bat. I'm sure that, you know, Coach Bugner is going to implement change, but he can't do that all in one day. He can't do it all in one morning skate. That would be uh, probably disastrous, A, and B, just uh, a really, really bad idea. So to watch the team respond in a very normal, even-keeled way this morning um, at morning skate, I thought was really good because I, I didn't know what to expect. Now, obviously, I have been around professional organizations before, worked for professional organizations, teams, I should say, uh, in light of a firing, but usually that's done uh, when I've been around it in the past. One time it was done when the team was just terrible. The other time was when the team was in the midst of a transition of the front office and you could kind of see it coming even though the team was playing well. So this was this was a little bit different. This was due to the fact that it's Stanley Cup or bust. You know, we, we heard that mentality applied first in the Bay Area with the San Francisco 49ers in the 80s and 90s. It was Super Bowl or bust. And that's why, you know, after Bill Walsh, George Seifert, after a couple consecutive failures in the playoffs, even though he was getting the team deep into the playoffs, he was on the outs. And then Steve Mariucci, You know, after he, even though he led the 49ers to, you know, a great playoff win over the Packers, was able to do what George Seaver wasn't able to do, he was eventually on the outs too, and that led the 49ers into a long-term downturn, but still. I mean, we we came to this idea of Super Bowl or bust in the Bay Area because of what the San Francisco 49ers were able to do. And even though the San Francisco Giants were able to win three and five at the start of the decade, that was never the mentality. It was never World Series or bust. You knew there were relatively high expectations, but it didn't feel quite like that. It was it was different. And uh, even though the Warriors have had their success as of late, it was there was so much talent. It was, you know, if they don't screw up, they're going to win. If they don't get injured, they're going to win. But with the Sharks, it's been the Stanley Cup or bust. And that mentality weighs heavily on members of the front office, members of the coaching staff, and members of the people on the ice. And so I was very curious to see how these guys would react. Would it be timid? Would there be trepidation? Would there be just uh, an uncomfortable vibe? And no, there wasn't. Everybody seemed like they were comfortable with where things were going. I think they all probably had that quote-unquote come to Jesus of, oh my God, our head coach just got fired. That's not all on him. I'm sure every single one of those guys looked at themselves in the mirror and said, I had a hand at this. And I don't mean to be pointing blame or pointing fingers, but, I mean, come on, everybody shares blame whenever there is team-wide quote-unquote failure. And that's, again... Failure is a very, very loosely used term in this sense because we only dictate failure is not living up to the lofty expectations that we associate with the Sharks. (laughs) Do, Do you think the Detroit Red Wings right now, who have seen five head coaches get the ax since they last won a game, do you think they might be okay with being one game under 500? Even though, yes, they were, you know, in recent memory, one of the dominant franchises in the NHL. Yeah, of course they take what the Sharks are going through right now. I'm sure the Kings, you know, you look at them, you look at some of the other teams around the NHL. It's just different with the San Jose Sharks, and it's made even more different by the fact that they've come so close and fallen short. You know, that's not not solely on Pete DeBoer's shoulders. He got them farther than any other head coach did. He got them into the Stanley Cup final. And now when you've got another team that you're thinking, can make this deep run and get you deep into the playoffs and things aren't going the way that you expect them to go and the coach has been fired that doesn't just end with the coach being fired Bob Bugner knows what he's stepping into I mean (laughs) this is not, listen guys I'm not going to put something out there that's crazy the minute you step into the head coaching role of the San Jose Sharks the seat is hot it might not be scalding, but you know that immediately you have expectations and you have a very, very lofty goal to achieve, and that is winning the Stanley Cup. So with that said, best of luck to Bob Bugner. I'm a big fan of the guy. I really like how candid he is. I really liked when he was coming back to this franchise, and you can go back on – previous Morning Tides and hear me say that. I even talked to Pete DeBoer about it when I interviewed him at the start of the year. Bob Bugner's a good guy and he's a good coach and he's a good talker. We've been very lucky here in San Jose, most recently with Todd McClellan, Pete DeBoer, and now Bob Bugner, guys who are friendly for media types like me, guys who give us good audio, good things to talk about. Um... Again, I have nothing but respect, tremendous respect for Pete DeBoer. Actually, if you want to hear a little bit of a a story, and I don't think I told this earlier. I was talking to somebody else about this. When Pete DeBoer was hired by the San Jose Sharks, Scott Emmert, who I was friends with back then before I was working for the team, I had reached out to him because the hiring was going to be made, the announcement was going to be made. I said, hey, can we get an interview? And so The announcement comes down, and Scott goes, do you want him on your show? And this was when I was on that radio station that, you know, they don't talk about hockey i'll put it that way but i don't work for him anymore but they said you know scott said hey do you want pete and pete came on with me and he was great we did like i don't know 15 minutes and he was awesome and he talked to me like he had known me for his entire life and you can say well ted that's his job he's but but no they don't have to that's the thing that i keep on coming back to with this you don't you don't have to be that good of a person with the media you can give just crappy answers if your performance on the ice is good if your team plays well, you don't have to be great with the media. You don't have to be great with anybody. But he was. And Pete DeBoer was a tremendous head coach and I appreciate everything he did for the franchise. And it's unfortunate that it had to come to an end this way, but that's professional sports. And now we look at Bob Bugner and I don't I don't know Bob yet, but I look forward to getting to know him and I look forward to seeing what he can do for this team because the team needs to improve. I mean, they need rectification. They need something right now that wasn't happening previously under Pete DeBoer. And so that's why this change was made. I'm sure there's much more complicated things we can get into, but, I mean, you just, again, like I started this out, I am, you know, up top in the rafters, looking down on the ice right now, trying to come to grips with everything, and ultimately the answer you come to is that a change was needed. This was the change that Doug Wilson could make. And you hope now that this gets positively into the head of all the members of the San Jose Sharks and that they start playing consistently the style of hockey that we all know they're capable of. And if you can get that combined to what we usually see from Doug Wilson around the deadline, hopefully you can start situating yourself for another deep run into the postseason. Because, I mean, we all know how much fun it is making those runs to the Western Conference Final, the Stanley Cup Final. Think of all the amazing things that have happened to this franchise in the last, you know, two years. The acquisition of Eric Carlson and locking up Evander Kane long term and the incredible win over Vegas. And you just go on and on and on. Who knows what's going to happen in the next 18 months? There's only one way to find out, and that's to literally find out. And now we do that with Bob Bugner at the helm. So a sad but also hopeful and exciting time of transition and change for the San Jose Sharks. But ultimately that is professional sports, everyone. Life comes at you fast. You know, last spring, Sharks are in the Western Conference Final under Pete DeBoer. Now it's winter and that is no longer the case. But again, that's professional sports, everyone. I don't know what else to tell you, except for I'm excited to see what happens next. All right. A big thanks to the San Jose Sharks, as always, for making this show a reality. I will be back with you on Monday morning as usual, but obviously we could not wait to get this out. So, yeah, this will be fun, guys. It's a new day. I look forward to seeing what the team has to offer uh, tonight and Saturday night before I talk to you again on Monday morning. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off.